welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. (laughs) Welcome back, listeners, to another podcast. This one's a little different. It's just me today as your host, not me and Dean, and it's a two-part podcast. I previously recorded um, the second segment of this podcast with two Flex Success clients that I deemed to be very reflective uh, from my time working with them. And we're doing the first section of this podcast with Flex Success coach Shannon. Welcome. Hi, thank you. And obviously, today's topic is reflection. We might start by asking you to tell us a little bit about what it is. How can we define it? Yeah, yeah. So... Reflection, I think, is not necessarily something that comes naturally. We don't always tend to um, look back on our actions. So, but I think it's something that can be very useful when, or for a number of circumstances. One, when you've got a goal that you want to achieve, to look at what's working and what's not working so well. But even in things like emotional regulation, improving your relationships with people, it helps to look back at what you've done and kind of question yourself in order to one move closer to like the truth as you would say in in science um but also to find ways of improving what you're already doing and i think it was socrates that said the unexamined life is not not worth living (laughs) yeah yeah and i love that because it's like what am i doing why am i doing it and how do i do it better and that's essentially how i would summarize reflection totally um i think reflection helps you live the life you love not just a life that you can tolerate And it helps us be in the driver's seat of our life, um, making course corrections as we go along, instead of being a passenger and going with the flow and maybe ending up in a place that we don't want to be. Yeah, I think it's a more purposeful way of doing things rather than just engaging in things passively and hoping for the best. And I think if you've got an outcome that you specifically want to achieve, you know, in the context of health and fitness, it might be a performance goal or a body composition goal, then it helps to reflect on what you're doing to see how you, as you say, make course correct and move closer towards your goal. Is there um, an experience that you can share with us or a time where you remember officially starting reflection or being reflective or has it just been something that's grown on you naturally? Um, I think that perhaps when I started reading more widely, it sounds strange, but I think part of reflection is considering other perspectives. And when I started to realise just how much we are influenced by things other than our own intentions so even like biological drives external influences when I started to realize that and like cognitive biases and heuristics that we have in like processing that's just shortcuts that we take in processing information and how our brains are prone to to these biases I was like damn (laughs) I'm not in control of anything I've just been pushed along by a number of things um so I think yeah the more I started to learn about that and the more kind of different perspectives that I was exposed to, that's when I started to consider the way that I go about things. And even like questioning my thoughts, I think has been a a big thing because um, 
I had been learning about like belief formation and how it's a an active process and like we like to believe things because it makes us feel good and we're um very afraid of uncertainty and we like to be certain so all of this kind of put together just made me realize that I need to question my assumptions about the way that I do things and I'm you know I don't necessarily always do things correctly and if I want to try and just be a decent person and you know make progress then it helps to to um question my basic assumptions yeah absolutely yeah so when I started um officially reflecting I'm sure I did bits and bobs of reflection when I went for dog walks and things like that but I didn't really understand um the real benefits until I was forced to do it at uni. I did an internship working in sporting programs for disadvantaged youth. And part of the grade for my internship was keeping a reflection diary and presenting um, the, the key findings, I suppose, to the class at the end of the internship. And I was annoyed in the beginning because I was like, ah, there's already so much for me to do. Why do I need to write down my thoughts? But when I went back through it, I was like, oh, did I really feel that way? Oh, was I really struggling with that? And I found that writing down my thoughts and reflecting back on what went well, what didn't go so well, really encouraged um, analytical skills. That it also just helped me get it out and think about how I could do things better and how I could approach things in a better way. And I feel like that reflection diary really helped me progress through my internship and and get more out of it. Since then, I no longer formally reflect with a diary. I don't write things down, but I definitely take time to still think about those same things that I was forced to in that um, formal reflection diary. What went well and why? What should I continue doing? What didn't go so well and what should I do better? And I do that you know, when I go for a dog walk, maybe when I go for a drive, sometimes I listen to music and a podcast. If I've got a lot of stuff going on in my head that I think I need to work through, I'll just dog walk and go for a drive in silence and spend that time reflecting. Um, and it's really, I mean, I sleep like a champion anyways, um, but it really does help me get to sleep and not have things ticking over in my head because I've spent that time processing and kind of working out a plan. Yeah. I think that's probably something that we don't do enough, you know, in like the modern day with like quiet time is quite hard to find unless you purposefully craft it out for yourself, which is why I think reflection can be so valuable because as I say, it doesn't really come naturally anymore. And I also think that we don't like to look at the things that we're bad at, you know, on average, we tend to focus on our strengths and then neglect to look at our weaknesses. Whereas if you really want to improve at something, you know, looking at your weaknesses and where you've gone wrong or things that didn't go so well, I think is really important to try and understand how you can actually get better at something. Yeah, absolutely. When we were just um, talking about doing a podcast on reflection, I asked you about, you know, your thoughts on it. And one thing you mentioned was uh, it would be important to engage in reflection with curiosity and objectivity in an open mind and not to be critical. I'm not sure if I'm misquoting you there. (laughs) I'm going off my memory from our conversation a week ago. Uh, Can you talk us through why we might want to engage in reflection in that way? Yeah, I think because if you're coming at it from 
a negative place, it's going to be very difficult to make a productive change because the reason that we reflect is probably to change something in the way that we're doing things. And for that reason, I think it is very important to just be open minded about your experience and curious to just try and understand why you've done things the way that you have. For example, even if you're reflecting on a conversation that you had with someone that didn't go so well, like you might have said something and upon reflection think mm, maybe that wasn't the best way to go about things or I didn't come out quite right or probably all acknowledge a moment where we've done something like that and if you're looking at that from a perspective oh I'm such a bad person like you know why am I so why do I say these things that's going to be very difficult for you to understand why mm. these things occur um and I think for that reason it's really important just to be curious about it like take a more um mindful approach to things um and I think for that, in, if you do it that way, then you can come closer to understanding what it is that's driving you to do certain things and, you know, closer to changing it. Mm. I like to think of that as um, negative identity affirming thoughts. So I said this thing in this conversation because I'm such an idiot and this yeah. is what idiots say. Or, you know, I ate a whole block of chocolate to myself because I'm such a fat bitch and that's what fat bitches do. <laughs> and, like, that's yeah. – they're really horrible things to think and they really – like, they just affirm negative identity thoughts. Instead, it could be I – didn't approach nutrition with balance and then not attaching any identity to that. But next time what I could do better is, and then just have a plan because when we don't have a plan, let's see if I can figure out a best way to describe this. If we were, um, you know, training for a powerlifting competition, let's say we wouldn't wait to get onto the podium and then lift the weight and expect without any training we'll be able to do what we're meant to do. We train beforehand. And so, so when the time comes to act, to lift the bar off the ground, we have already thought it through, we've practiced, we know what to do. Or maybe a better example would be if you're going into battle. You don't wait to react when, uh, you know, a sword or a gun is coming at you. You've done all the work in the back end. So when that time comes, you know how to act appropriately. So I think reflection arms you with the behaviours and thoughts that, are, that, you, that you want to start moving towards. Mm, I think um, not identifying too strongly with these thoughts is a really good point <clears throat> because when we do do that, it's easier to become fused to one way of thinking. Like you mentioned, oh, I'm such a fat bitch. Like I always do this. And then how are you supposed to consider other perspectives? Like, oh, maybe I was just tired because I had a really stressful week and I overate as a result of that. Like that's not something that you would necessarily, that's not, you haven't identified with that. You've just kind of acknowledged what could have gone into it. And then that's more productive because there may be a case of, okay, well, I need to manage stress better. I need to get to bed a little bit earlier. And that's a um, positive change. Whereas, as you say, if you've identified with it, it's just kind of a negative spiral of over attaching yourself to your thoughts and beliefs. So that's something that I kind of like to take people through because it, we do see this often with dietary behaviors and behavior change. Um, so I kind of like to reinforce the idea that you are not your thoughts and beliefs. You just have thoughts and beliefs, but they're not you, you know, you can um, question them and you can change them and then you can produce different outcomes. And one method that's quite useful for that is um, Socratic questioning. And that's something that 
uh, that is taught with cognitive behavior therapy and it's a form of cognitive restructuring. Um, so as I said, fusion with thoughts often comes up in a health context, like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough and people will like me more once I've lost weight, something like that. Um, and if you can question those thoughts, then as we say, we, we can um, just alleviate negative experiences instantly and produce more positive changes. So um, some kind of examples of that, of questions that you can ask yourself, like we kind of discussed beforehand the benefits of Socratic questioning and whether it's something that you think you can do on your own or whether mm. it's more useful to have someone take you through. Yeah. And I think it's certainly something that you can practice on your own, but it's likely that you would get even more benefit from having a discussion with someone else, because mm. if you can consider other perspectives, um, then you're again, more likely to, I think get a positive outcome. Sometimes we can't see our own blind spots. And I think questioning your own thoughts can be quite difficult to do on your own. However, some examples of these questions would be things like, what is the evidence for this thought? You know, oh, I'm a terrible person. Well, what, what's the evidence for that really? Is this a thought that's based on facts or is it a thought that's based on feelings? Um, is it a habitual thought that you just always have regardless of the situation or are there facts to support your thought? Um, did someone else pass on this belief to me? And if so, are they a reliable source? Is it a likely scenario or a worst case scenario? So, for example, I recently had a consultation with someone who um, is looking to get back into the gym, but she's quite nervous because she feels like she may have gained weight um, during lockdown with COVID. And she's anxious about going back to the gym because she thinks people will be looking and they'll notice that she's, she's gained weight. Is this a likely scenario or is it kind of a worst case scenario? Is there any reason to believe that people would actually think that? Or is it kind of something that's come from within? because you feel negative you know about yourself um might other people have different interpretations of the situation someone else might be like oh good on her for getting back into the gym whereas you're thinking oh my god everyone's judging me and everyone thinks i'm terrible you know um could your thought be an exaggeration of what's true and am i looking at all of the evidence or just what supports my thought and i think that's a very important question because we are more likely to look at evidence that confirms what we already believe and we're likely more likely to discount evidence that goes against what we believe so i think if you know that and if you know a little bit about how the brain works and why this occurs it can be really handy i think you almost automatically start to question things when it's like oh actually I, i'm aware that you know i like to believe things that confirm what i already believe so now that i'm when i'm faced with information that confirms a belief i kind of ask myself do i want this to be true okay if so then i just need to look at this a little bit closer it doesn't mean that it's not true but you know if it's something that i know that suits my kind of way of thinking that I just need to be aware that that's a source of bias that may influence my thoughts mm -hmm. um so yeah I think there's some useful questions there that can be really handy and again it's not something that you always think to do yeah absolutely because when you believe something to be true or you have a bias um you don't think of questioning it because you accept that as fact. So I think doing that's really helpful and not just from will everyone be looking at me because I've gained weight, but also your political ideas, um, your mm. ideas around nutrition. I mean, we see this all the time in fad diets. Um, yeah. 
someone told me I can't eat carbs. Well, are they a reliable source of information? What could the alternative motive behind that suggestion be? You know, like these are all questions that you should be asking yourself. Absolutely. Um, for coaches listening, I always find that with my clients, it's helpful to ask these types of Socratic questionings instead of uh, solving the problem for your client. Because what you're doing is giving them a fish instead of teaching them how to fish. Um, now, some examples might be someone would say, Oh, um, you know, let's say they're a very new client and you haven't taught them much yet about nutrition. So they're perhaps following, you know, a rough meal plan until you can teach them. And they say, I'm going out on Saturday night. I don't know what to eat. And instead of you being like, okay, send me the menu. I'll tell you exactly what you can eat. You might just ask thought provoking questions like, okay, so Um, you understand that we're trying to keep your calories under control. I'd like you to have a look at the menu and maybe get back to me on what you think and why. And then they might get back to you and say, oh, I think the salmon with the olive tap, you know, something that's very calorie dense. And then you might unwrap a few things for them and and use that as an educational experience. Um, And you're just trying to get them to find the solution and think deeper. So you build these critical thinking skills instead of creating dependency, I guess, on the coach-client relationship, which is not what we want to do. We want to give clients the freedom to live their best life without us. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. And um, I recently read a book that I think would be helpful for coaches. Like, to, It's called How to Have Impossible Conversations. And it's about engaging with someone, like in a dialogue with someone who has a, dif- a different belief to you. So in the context of coaching, we do often experience clients who have a preconceived notion of the correct way to eat. Or so many times I've heard, I can't eat bread because I'm intolerant to it. Or I, I don't have dairy. You know, it's like things like that which has come from media influences or fad diets and people are less likely to change their belief when you just present them with information so it's Mm -hmm. very easy for you to be like oh haven't you seen this study on on dairy that shows that it's not a problem or haven't you seen this study that shows that you can eat carbs don't you understand energy balance like that's not helpful to someone and in fact when someone's got a belief and you're just presenting them with information in an attempt to change that belief they're more likely to reinforce the belief rather than change their mind and in order for someone to change their minds they have to be experiencing something known as psychological safety so they have to feel open to changing their mind and that comes from questioning why they think the way they do not questioning what they think so if someone says you know I can't eat carbs okay why do you think that like where has this thought come from and then you're inviting someone to question their own thought process and therefore they're more likely to change their mind so this has huge implications for coaching because as you say you don't just want to tell someone what to do you want them to kind of identify the changes that need to be made and come to a a solution that way and then they're more likely to engage in it and feel more in control which is the whole point right yeah well um we find in our coaching that people tend to follow something that they feel they have set for themselves um which is why if a client says to us how much weight should we lose as if we can answer that question it's well do you want to lose weight in the first place how much, like we, we would never set a goal for our client. We get them to set it. I don't know if anyone listening has been to a psychologist. I have, and they never tell you what to do. They would ask you, 
what do you think is best? Why do you think that? And it's, it's a very similar scenario that you're suggesting. Um, with the two clients that I spoke with on the other half of this podcast, we spoke about the benefits of them being reflective on their coaching specifically. And they mentioned that they can just get so much more out of coaching when they've kind of Mm. done that reflection themselves. And by the time their weekly check-in comes around, we can talk about how to implement that or, you know, just, just more important things instead of always being probed to be reflective. Um, so if clients are kind of not sure of the benefits of being reflective, you can get more out of your coaching because instead of you spending, you know, the small amount of time you have with your coach on them, always probing you to think and be more reflective, you can spend it on, on doing other things. Um, and of course being a very reflective person and being good at it, I think it's a skill and, um, it's something that you need to practice, but I think it's worthwhile investing time and energy into for sure yeah I totally agree and I I think it's so true what you say about coaching as well because it really helps to direct the process yourself you know if you acknowledge these things that you want to work on then that's good information for your coach to work with and they can help guide you that way but that always has to come from within which is why reflection is so important Yeah, we can think of, um, you know, sort leaders or big and small businesses in a similar way where they would have maybe a team meeting and say, what products are we selling to our customers and what products are going really well? Okay, well, we should continue with that product. What products are going all right and what improvements could we make? We'll go and do that. What products are doing terribly? Let's pull them off the market and replace them with better ones. Imagine if um, businesses never reflected in what's going well, what's not going so well, how can we improve it? I don't think that business would stay afloat very long. And I, I don't see why we wouldn't do that with our own personal lives, which is so much more important than the profits of a business. So I just think, um, I think everyone should be investing some time if they're not reflecting already in starting to do that. Maybe um, Shannon, we can talk about, some some practical ways that people can engage in reflecting. I recently spoke about a journal and what I do. I just um, go for a walk and, and have a think. Is there anything you do in particular or you would suggest to people, like questions in particular or methods? Yeah, yeah, I think those, um, those kind of Socratic questions that I mentioned earlier are really useful. And just questioning your beliefs, I think, is a, a big one and your thought process. And I think it it's not necessarily something you have to do to, you know, even if you don't have a goal, like a specific goal, like a weight loss goal or anything like that, even if it's just a a way of thinking better, like I think you can always improve upon um, the way that you think with reflection. And I think there's all like, you're never going to be perfect to anything. Right. So there's always room to reflect and to grow. So I think that's an important point just to note that, that we can always get better at anything. So including <laughs> um, reflection. Even if, yeah, including reflection. And I know that something such as a journaling is probably very useful to get your thoughts on paper. Um, it's not something that I do regularly. Um, but I, I think it's something that I would probably like to do more of, but just definitely there there are two things you can monitor. Like if it's a specific change that you're trying to bring about monitoring is a form of like self-reflection just by keeping track of things, um, and then looking back on it. But otherwise I think just, as you say, thinking about certain situations that if it's like relationships that you want to improve or time management or stress or anything like that, like just looking back at how 
something has unraveled and then unpacking that um when that can be done as you say just from spending some time regularly doing it like when you're walking a dog or when mm. you're just going on a walk or whatever yeah um or even in the evening like I know that a lot of people have trouble um, sleeping because their minds run at a million miles per hour. And um, sometimes I think it's a case of not having the time to reflect on things, you know, and that's when it all builds up. So maybe if you're someone like that, writing down at the end of the day, like just a few things that went well or things that you would like to improve on is a, is a good place to start. Mm. I think having that time to unpack your thoughts um, can make you a better partner, a better friend, a better worker, mm. because you're less wound up, um, less on edge. You have more direction um, and generally happier. I'm not sure if that's a stretch, but I do feel like it can make people generally happier if they're not wound up as much. So there's yeah. really some overflow into other aspects of your life as well. 100%. And I would just add um, that something that, as I mentioned at the start that I think has really helped me is reading widely because you come across different perspectives and then that causes you to question your own beliefs. Cause if you read something that's completely different to what you think. It's like, Oh damn, like that's a good point. <laughs> what does this mean for my thoughts? You know? And that can, as I say, feed into, like you mentioned other aspects of your life. And I think that's where the real benefits kind of take place. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, Shannon. I think we'll wrap it up and send the listeners off to the second part of this podcast with the two Flex Success clients. Thanks for coming on today and I look forward to the next podcast with you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the call with me today, girls, and having a chat about reflection. <laughs> on a recent podcast, which was How to Be a Good Client, I mentioned reflection as being really important and I gave you guys a shout out as being my most reflective clients ever. So I thought I'd have you on the podcast um, around the topic of how to be reflective because who better than clients that are really reflective? <laughs> Makes perfect sense. <laughs> you guys want to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners. Do you want to go first, Angelique, or shall I? <laughs> Hi. Um, so I'm Angelique. Um, Lizzie and I do coach, nutrition coaching together. Um, outside of that, I work in legal marketing. I um, train for powerlifting. Um, and outside of that, I do some sailing and, and compete in offshore sailing um, and study um, in my final stages of a law degree. So getting towards the end of that. And thanks so much for having me on. It's an honour. You're a busy lady. Um, so I'm Desiree I am an executive recruiter Um, I like to keep myself busy competing Um, I've done a couple of comps before Um, Lizzie does my nutrition for me as well Um, outside of the gym and work I'm a fur mama and an animal advocate Mm. I love my fur children (laughs) Uh, that's me Great. And you have the most beautiful fur daughter, may I add? I, I do. I do. She's staring at me while we do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the topic of reflection, I, as a coach, love that you guys are so reflective because it makes the coaching process so much uh, more productive for you guys as clients. And being reflective 
um, increases your self-awareness and is a really important component in emotional intelligence. Um, and I thought that I could start by giving examples where I found your reflectiveness really helpful in the coaching process. So Angelique, your partner Chris recently had a birthday and his birthday didn't go over one day. It was a four-day festival. <laughs> and nice. you thought about it beforehand and sort of reflected on your goals and your priorities and what you thought was more important. Um, and you decided that perhaps eating out more, having you know a bit of alcohol over the four-day festival of Chris's birthday might not result in weight loss that week, which was the goal of that week. But you thought just for that short period of time, not making progress for that one week um, wasn't so bad because your priority was celebrating your partner. Um, and somebody less reflective would have maybe tried to tackle both and not enjoyed the four-day festival and not lost weight and been disappointed in both. But because uh, you had you know, the foresight to reflect on what was really important. You still made good choices. You didn't take a step backwards, but, you know, you got to enjoy the four-day festival and were happy with the end result. Um, an example that I can give for you, Des, is that uh, we were doing intermittent dieting recently, and that means that we were going really low in cows some weeks and having more frequent diet breaks. But there was a week recently where you didn't have such a good week and there was some overconsumption, and instead of just being critical of yourself and just thinking, oh, I'm just weak and I fucked up and screw it all, I'm not going to do it, you reflected on maybe why did that happen, what can I do better in the future, um, and you were more curious about why it occurred and, and you made changes moving forward. And I really loved that. Um, so I thought I'd open the floor and ask you guys kind of, I didn't ask you to be reflective, you just are, <laughs> how you came to be. Um, and maybe listeners can take some tips from that um, and adopt some strategies. Um, so, yeah, when I heard you say that, I never really thought of myself like I don't actively seek to be reflective. And, and when you mentioned it, I thought, oh, I guess I am. And um, particularly when you asked me to come on board, I thought, well, how did I come to, to get you know, those processes that I do? Um, and so I think it's sort of built from, and stuff. Uh, there are times where you submit an assessment, there might be an extra component of that that's, um, you know, marks for being able to look back and, and and assess what you found challenging, why you found it challenging, what you might do different in the future. Um, a, a really good way for me to do it in a very um, practical example is when I do some sessions, have two boats that are identical side by side and at the end of the race you'll sit down and you'll figure out where exactly did back and as a group like what what could you have done better where could you find an efficiency that sort of thing you know or was it a problem that actually could not you know something broke and there was no way to see and it happened and, and I think those sort of things um you know professionally as well um like if we go for a tender and and we'll speak with the client after there are times that you know we have done a piece of work um their client might there might be no nothing we could have done better to to win or the whole work we could have done beforehand we could have done better to understand something better um so i think when we go into when i you know apply those sort of things nutrition um and and training i try and do the same thing so for 
week look like? What outcome was I expecting? Did I get that outcome? You know, if it was different than what I expected, where can I find in the week something that was an anomaly from, say, a week prior and try and sort of pinpoint where the issue or, or you know, opportunity to, to change would be? Mm. And does it come naturally to you to do that because of your experience with sailing or work or uni? Um, I, I definitely have to have processes around it. So for example, I have, you know, from practical perspective, I, in my iPhone I have a, like, notepad note and entitled Notes for Lizzie. Um, <laughs> I find that it, when I get to check-in time, I can't just remember everything and how I was feeling at a particular point or a question that crossed my mind. So throughout the week I'll think, oh, you know, this was different or I felt this particular way on this day, I wasn't expecting to feel fatigued or bloated or whatever. And so that will prompt me to discuss those things with you and give the opportunity to get the information, get the feedback, you know, put a strategy in place to change it, that sort of thing. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, similarly there's a couple of concepts there that you've touched on that, you know, I, I feel are quite aligned to, you know, why I'm reflective. And it's funny, I'm also not purposely uh, super re- reflective, or I suppose I, I am. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done a degree, I did one a couple of years ago, and, you know, part of that was, you know, there was a lot of group work, there was a lot of... Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of group work and there was a lot of retros that we would do at the end of those to say, okay, what worked, what didn't work, this is the mark, this is the grade that we got, you know, what, what could we have done to improve and also on a personal level. Um, professionally, I, I work with, with executives all day. So, you know, a, a big part of what we do is, is implementing an, an agile methodology to the way that we tackle problems and there's often so many moving pieces and so many different chefs in that kitchen that, you know, we need to think holistically about things. And, and one of the ways that um, I find is easy for me to not miss anything is to kind of take a step back, stop, and just think about everything. You know, what, what's the likely impact of, of that action or that behaviour or that situation? Um, and, and, and what, you know, how could that impact the outcome that we're trying to achieve? And, and then think about a strategy or put a strategy in place to, to overcome that. Um, I, I also look at, you know, personally as well, uh, I have always been very, very goal-oriented um, and I think, you know, getting into bodybuilding competitions is, you know, another way that I could uh, set a goal towards my training and a big part of that is constant, uh, you know, this cycle of self-improvement. You know, you're never going to get to a point where you're like, all right, cool, I'm done and I think that's in all of our every aspect of our lives um it's always like you know what part of my body could have looked better um what could i do differently um because that's the only way that we can get better uh, if we're not thinking about the things that we can improve and we're not thinking about you know what are some of the things that we perhaps didn't do so well in that might need some more work uh we remain static we're never going to improve so i think self-reflection is just a a critical part of that self-improvement mindset Mm. Uh, do you also take notes throughout the week like Angelique does? Uh, yeah, it's funny when you said that. I thought, oh, actually, yeah, I do. I sometimes will put dot points into um, into my check-in sheet um, or even I, I often fill out my check-in sheet, you know, a couple of days beforehand and then I take, once I filled it out, I take a couple of days to really think about those answers and, and, and look for a data point to support those answers. And if I can't find enough data points, I think, well, actually, perhaps that's not the case. Perhaps 
you know, I, I, my mood actually wasn't as great as I thought it was. Or perhaps, you know what, actually I really did struggle with hunger this week. Um, or, you know, my training wasn't wasn't as great. So it, it takes me a couple of iterations um, to, to fill out my check-in because I want to make sure that, it, that it's accurate. Mm. What I'm hearing is that this is really um, a strategy of self-discovery and a way for continuous self-improvement. And it's funny what you say about like you're never done in sport. There's always something to improve on because um, with powerlifting, there's you can just you can never lift all the plates in the gym. You know, you're never done. And with bodybuilding, you can always be leaner. You can always be more muscular. You're never done. Yeah, yeah you're never done. So, so right there for sure. Um, and with reflection, we're thinking about, you know, how did you act? Um, why did you act like that? Um, is that how you want to act in the future? If no, what else could you have done better? And then from that thinking process, then you can start planning. Um, how do I want to act in the future? Those if-when questions, if this happens or when this happens, what will I do then? And I found that I don't have to. So with a lot of clients, we have to do something called Socratic questioning. And basically, um, we just use that to bring awareness or information to the client and to bring or promote insight. Uh, so they start thinking about it. I haven't had to use that much Socratic questioning with you guys because you're just so naturally um, reflective. But you seem to come to the table with, I didn't have such a good week. I think it's because of X, Y, and Z. If this happens again, this is what I'm going to do. Or when this happens again, this is what I'm going to do. And less reflective people uh, tend to really draw the process out because uh, they don't think about when this happens again, what am I going to do? And the same bad habits repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. So listeners might be thinking, wow, Des and Ange, that sounds like you guys have too, too much time on your hands because reflection takes a little bit of time. Certainly not the case, both very busy ladies. And it actually saves time down the track because you can break bad habits um, and have tools in your tool belt. Because if you're always repeating the same bad habit, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more because I, um, I actually see it as creating an efficiency rather than having time because, you know, you're making this, this awesome investment in training and nutrition and those sort of things and you have a finite amount of time and you want to get your outcome faster or better whatever you want you to make the best of the time that you're putting in and you know with my training like I will you know video my top sets of each week and rather than you know wait until my coach says oh you could do this next like I'll try and watch them between each and if I can pick something up myself I'll try and do it and then at least I'm implementing that change a change I know how to implement of course you know there are a whole bunch of things that I don't know or understand and that I then need the feedback on but for anything that I can do and and similarly with nutrition I'll be like oh gee I ate you know more than I expected that day if I can make that assessment you know in the first couple of days of the week and say why did I do that maybe I had you know too much at the start of the day not enough at the end or whatever it may be um then it's not a thing that you know we can be discussing something different at the end of the week that you know something else that's come up that maybe I don't have the insight to pick up myself yeah Hmm. yeah I agree I think being reflective uh, enables us to have a more robust discussion with you at check-in time Lizzie um because if you know if I was coming to you going Oh, you know, I overate on this day. I'm such an idiot. Um, you know, I've, oh, I've, I've, I haven't progressed this week. What a waste. You know, 
I think we're, we're dwelling on, on things that have already happened. There's just no point in doing that. It happened. Let's explore why and let's explore how we can be better next time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, and that just comes down to a, a, a real desire to genuinely be a better human. Um, I think if you're reflective, that's, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a, a true indicator of someone who, who wants to be better at whatever it is they're doing. And I think to, to your point, Angelique, about lifting, you know, you look at your form, how can I lift that heavier weight? Oh, okay, you know, I wasn't quite parallel there or my toes or my feet weren't out wide enough or whatever it might be. And, and you know, from a, a comp perspective or dieting, it's, you know, I overate this day, okay, so what, what happened? Why did I overeat? And how can I avoid doing that next time? Because I've got a pretty tight goal and I want to get there. I don't want to remain the same. Yeah, I love that. I think also reflecting removes um, your self-identity from the action. So it's, I overate, I'm such an idiot. No, it's um, (laughs) because thinking that I'm the type of person that just overeats when I'm hungry, then when you're hungry again, I'm the type of person that does that. And you really attach yourself to that identity. Whereas reflection is like, I overate probably because I underslept and and you can start to problem solve and you're no longer the idiot that just overeats when you're hungry. You objectively look at it without that criticism. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's a really good point, being solutions-focused, um, I, I think, and also that's a big part of, of my my professional work as well is you know we have a problem that we're trying to solve for let's solve for it and a big part of doing that is being reflective and it's the same thing I want to lose 10 kilos okay that's the problem I'm trying to solve for so let's you know let's work it at you know at getting that um yeah so I think that's a really that's a yeah really accurate shout out on the point of filming your sets have you ever looked back at a set and go oh god that's not a good angle (laughs) (laughs) like does my ass really look that big damn (laughs) I recently, or not, not maybe six months ago, not that recently, filmed a set of bench press and I had a really big bench arch, right, and my feet are apart and, like, my situation is up in the air, right, and um, we all have a bone there, right, but I'm an, <laughs> anatomically a female, but it didn't look like that in the video because the situation was up in the air, the glute <laughs> Too tight, and I was like, I'm never filming a set of bench press from this angle ever again. <laughs> I, I love the the facial expressions that I pull during a squat, and and Dylan likes to zoom in on them as I'm like just about to release, and I've got veins coming out of my face. It's awful. Like I never am putting that anywhere. <laughs> oh my God, this squat face is hilarious. My neck looks just as wide as my head. <laughs> Yeah. And just red. <laughs> filmed uh, for a, a few different angles because I was always filming from one angle. And so I thought oh, I'll be creative. And I was like slowly working the camera around per set. And there was one that was like straight from behind at the squat angle. And I was like, oh gosh, I've covered my face. <laughs> That's so good. I wonder if there's like an Instagram page just for like squat faces. I'm so sure there is. There's at least a hashtag going for sure. For I'm sure. going to search it straight after this recording. I'm going to get on Instagram and find it. And then I'm going to try and get Dylan to send me photos of your squat face and post it to that page. I might preemptively go and delete all the videos on his phone. Now, usually we have a string of uh, funny segments at the end. But because we're going to uh, group this together as just part of the podcast, uh, for time efficiency's sake, I might just ask one of you one question and one of you the other question. So the first one, maybe I'll direct it, Ange. 
something worth sharing. It could be a book, a podcast, a quote, a meal, <laughs> whatever you like. Oh, gosh, that's hard. Um, book, podcast, quote. Oh, a meal? You know I've got to go with a meal. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, what am I loving at the moment? I'm loving doing the protein bowl cake so like it's so this is so not inspo or anything but it's just like everyone who I speak to is like what do you want for brekkie I'm like oh so good um so I've been making like, you know protein powder mashed banana egg whites um and then putting like all of that mashing it all together doing it in the microwave um and then putting with like the sugar-free maple syrup and berry coolie like um, frozen berries like reduced down on top oh loving it that's just anyway that's the foodie in me I'm you know we'll go straight to food every time sounds delicious I just smell with protein pancakes I do all of that and then put them in a pan and then make a protein like basically with the same ingredients yeah yeah but I tend to do it at work so a lot of people go for Queen's sugar-free maple syrup on top of a meal like that. Um, nothing wrong with it, but the sugar alcohols can really screw people's stomach and make them farty or bloated. So I recommend um, Walden Farms maple syrup, or if you're buying from an American website, it would be pancake syrup. Uh, no sugar alcohols taste very similar to Queen's sugar-free. Oh, keep an eye. Now, Des. Mm. Something, a habit or a hobby that might surprise us that you engage in? Well, that might surprise you. Um, oh, I'm just not that interesting, to be honest. You are. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I have an answer for the, for the um, something interesting to share. From oh, like a, you want to just go with that? That might be it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm a bit of a bookworm. I love reading um, and I like to, you know, read books that are self-improvement. Um, so I, I really, really like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that's a really good book. Um, and also Simon Sinek, Finding Your Why. I think both of those books um, have really helped me professionally and personally and I, I really enjoy self-improvement books. So I would recommend people read those. Is it Start With Why, Not Finding Your Why? Oh, yeah. Sorry, it might be start with why. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I really like that book too. Yeah, it was good. I, I got a lot out of it. Mm. I purchased the seven habits of highly effective people, um, but I have a habit of buying books much faster than I can read them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So do I. And then they sit on my bookshelf and I think, oh, yeah, I've got to quickly read this. I'm like, right, I just want to get it done so I can get the next one ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something I've been doing with books is I have an Audible subscription and if a book is seven hours of audio or longer, I'll listen to it because that tends to be a really thick book that takes me a while to get through. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the shorter books that I tend to buy hard copies of. Uh, I don't know about you girls, but I start to read a book, I find it really interesting and then life gets busy and then there's this big gap and when I get back to it, it, it you just lose the flow. So that's mm. why I prefer smaller books. Mm, mm, yeah, and it's good to have something to listen to as well. Um, I like listening to something when I walk Fifi, like take her on a long walk to get my, my steps up. So I like listening to things too. Totally. You do audiobooks, Ange? Uh, yeah, I do. So I, when I'm doing, similarly, I'll, I'll listen to something like, say, self-improvement or something like that, um, you know, true story 
booking. Um, but when I'm trying to unwind at night, and also because I do so much reading for my law studies, um, when I'm trying to unwind at night, I've been trying to to pick up, you know, a lot sort of more lighthearted books. Um, and but then I have the I have the problem of getting really into them, and then I can't put them down, and then they're not because they're intended to, which is unwind because I'm so engrossed in them, and then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So last segment of Would You Rather, I asked this to Dean last night just before we went to bed because that's the type of raunchy talk that we do before bed. Uh, we've been in a relationship a long time, girls, okay? So I said, would you rather have really short arms, like your hand only just touches your hip, mm -hmm. or really long arms, like almost to your ankle? You've got to have short arms for your bench press. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon long arms. I'm like looking, I could probably press, like I could probably open the fridge from here. I could <laughs> I could like I could go and tap people on the shoulder and then pull my arm away and they wouldn't know that it was me. Uh, I reckon long arms. <laughs> he chose long arms so he could slap me from a distance and run away. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, see, that's right. You could slap anyone and run off and no one would know. Yeah, I'm long arms. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I chose short arms for bench press as well, though. But maybe maybe one long, one short. How would that go on the bench, actually? That would be awkward. <laughs> You'd have to have a lot of room for your elbow on one side. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Um, well, thank you for coming uh, onto the podcast and having a chat today. I really do think that we gave some valuable information and hopefully some things that people can take away and implement to be more reflective in the future. Thanks for having us, Lizzie. It's good yeah. to see you. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.